Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Um, this will be a podcast, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Um, I was not going to make one today because I made one yesterday. And then I thought, well, I guess I could expound on yesterday's a little bit and continue talking about alien invasions or the, the lack of reality of a zombie apocalypse. But then I thought, you know, I've read a lot of books in scientific literature where actually you know, there's probably some asshat running around in a lab coat right now with uh, some secret formula how to make you know, humans into zombies. <laughs> Just really not even that fucking funny. Uh, let's see if I can get on the freeway today. Oh, kind of looks like it. Road work ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been reading that for fucking years. Can't you just figure, finish it? God. But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of in a funk, I guess. So I don't really care about zombies or aliens or just even the coming collapse of America because, you know, we all love our country and it seems like the people we've elected, which is the big problem, this is the people we elected over the years, our grandparents, our parents, and now us. So, you know, if you don't like the way Biden's running the country, well, Look in the mirror, because the person staring back at you is one that pretty much allowed this shit to happen. And, and a lot of people will go, Mark, that's just not fair. We had nothing to do with it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You know, we're the generation that would rather talk about anything but politics and religion. The two most important subjects. You know, when we were young, that's what we were told. Politics and religion. Uh, you know, it's kind of taboo, which kind of comes from the... 501c3 uh, generation <laughs> you know these churches that you know wanted to get tax exempt and so they didn't talk about politics at the pulpit or is it the pulpit as some of these guys call it so you know we didn't talk about it yeah, just, just didn't fucking talk about it you know, and, and, and so we became a generation of, of sports nuts that would rather talk about, you know, Hank Aaron's batting average or, you know, your fantasy football fucking league or that you've put together because, you know, we're all armchair quarterbacks so we could put together the greatest league on earth. And, and now there's betting on it. So now we can all be involved that way and make money, prove our worth. But politics... No. And, and religion, nah, not so much. You know, because there were Bible bashers out there, and I've talked to people like that, where you, you'll say, well, I kind of feel this way. And they're like, no, you're wrong. Go to hell thinking that way. That's blasphemy. Mark, go get your ass baptized now. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, this was just a conversation, and uh, we're here at the bar drinking, so... You keep your self-righteous opinion to yourself because you're as drunk as I am. And you didn't you just talk to me about uh, family problems? Self-righteous prick? So we, we quit talking about it, you know, because nobody could be civil. And then our politicians looked at that and went, wow, 
Americans are really fucking stupid. They can't even be civil amongst their friends and peers, so we'll use that and we'll divide them even more. But make no mistake, we elected them. They are our generation, except the really old fucks in you know, Congress and the Senate. You know, those people should have just died and swept under the rug like the crypt keeper. But either way, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of the people in charge of cities and mayors and councils and stuff are they're not a hundred fucking years old. They're right in our age group. And when I say our I'm talking about like, you know, I don't even know what generation I I guess I'm one of the last of the baby boomers because I'm 66, 67 in a month or so. See if I cared to pay attention. You know, so that range, because, you know, millennials don't care about the same things we care about, which is typical, you know. I didn't care what my parents cared about, so whatever, you know. But we just, we elect these people. I'm sorry. Did you vote for your mayor last time? I imagine you did. And, and how many years have you been voting in local politics? I mean, even if it's, I mean, they group it all together under the general election and the primary. So odds are if you voted for in the, in the you know, the big election, you know, the president, then uh, you voted for your mayor and your city council and propositions on smoking pot, whatever. I mean, you know, you read them, maybe, you know, I, I kind of get the, the, the summary report and, you know, kind of like a little, you know, cheat sheet of all the prop propositions and bills and stuff and the special elections. And then I read the summary and who's for it and who's against it. And then I, I kind of look at it and then I, I base it on my opinion and my feelings and what I've learned. And then I vote one way or the other. So we've all had a part in this clusterfuck so and then we don't we don't we don't talk about religion either so might as well talk about sports and the weather you know so I, I you know I, I see this shit on Facebook all the time and you know we you know what has happened to America well we did we happened to America our parents happened to America and I know we all love our parents and we really love our grandparents and and it's hard to point a finger at them and go, you fucks really screwed this shit up. And now I, I have the, the, the choice of voting between the lesser of two evils. And they can turn right around and say, excuse me, but uh, you've been voting for 10, 15, 20 years. You know, so, you know, all these young mayors and, you know, the gang of fucking four or whatever they are now. The, you know, those, those women are younger than me. So they were all elected by people in that state that were probably my age or younger than me. And, and, and the next question would be, well, what do we do about it, Mark? And it's like, fucking look at me. And I, I've been divorced. I'm an idiot. I know how to live my life. I know how to prep for my family. I know what works for me. And I try to impart it a little bit through these podcasts, but... You know, like I say, most of the time, it's just my my therapy. It's a lot cheaper to have a podcast and pay for hosting than to see a shrink three times a week. But it just goes on and on, and, and, and the problems continue, and, 
you know, me and wife are having a discussion today about some family shit. And, you know, she takes her position and that's it. And I've got mine and that's that. And I hate confrontation even with somebody I love and lived with and known for 30 years. Because, you know, my opinion means nothing to her. And I'm sure most men would feel the same way because I've talked to thousands of them over my life. That it's like, you know, when she gets some, you know, bee in her bonnet or thought in her head or whatever, bug up her butt or panties in a wad, you're not going to change that. And if you say something, you know, like, well, it, why are you reacting this way? Now, raise your hand if this is the response you get. Well, you don't care about nothing. So this is no big deal to you. Oh, so... All debate and conversation has now been shut down. And for you women out there that are listening, uh, remember that those words are death words. Just like if you have a stepchild that says, you're not my dad or you're not my mom. You know what that means? It means you're dead to them. It's over. Don't fucking waste your time anymore. So you've, you've crossed a, a line. You, you breached the Rubicon with that person. And so when you, know, when you say that to your husband, it's like, well, you don't care. You know, this is all just like no big deal to you. You've, you've killed the conversation. It's it. It's over. You know, he will not talk to you about it anymore. And, and if you say that enough times, eventually you'll find yourself sitting at a restaurant with nothing to say to each other. Because every conversation had turned into a slightly heated debate that got shut the fuck down. And we just want to eat our dinner, so it's like, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you. But the same would be true. I could sit there and tell my wife, well, I'm, I, you know, you're overreacting like you always do. You have nothing to bring to this conversation except extreme points of view. So I don't want to hear what you have to say. Now, men, you would know what would happen if you said that because women always win the argument only because, you know, we hate to fight. Unless it's a guy that we can fucking shoot. End of conversation. But this is someone we love, so whatever. And then for years we try with our children because, you know, we try to give and take. And they're always like, Dad, you're always that way. Mom, you're always that way. And you can actually watch the children and go, oh, look, that's kind of like one of those meters that are telling me the volume's too loud or too low because my children are saying, I don't give a fuck, and mom overreacts. See, it's, it's glaringly right there. And that's, you know, what happens. And then, you know, so it's, it's not like this is the first time that I've ever been in a funk because of this conversation or a conversation like that. I just thought, you know, what forms of debate in our life have been shut down throughout our whole life? You know, fuck, we go to school and teachers are like, don't talk to me that way. Don't ask that question. Don't be that way. Now, when I went to school, it was a little different. But then you still couldn't challenge the teacher in high school, even if you actually had a real thought in your head that was based on your feelings about life. They're like, uh, you know, don't don't talk to me that way. Go to the principal. So shut down. Boom. You know, and then. You know, religion and politics, like I just discussed, that's been shut down. You know, free speech, Facebook and Google and YouTube and ah, fucking every platform, Twitter, it's been shut down. You know, so it's it's like 
your viewpoint is extreme. Well, why? Because well, we said so. It's like, oh, okay. And it's, it's not like your wife or your spouse sitting there going, you know, what do you care? You don't care about any of this shit. It's all a fucking joke to you. You know, and Twitter, it's like, it's all conspiracy theory to you. We're shutting your account off. Click. So you, you, you just fucking lose, see? So as a, as a species, well, as a species, you know, they sit there and go, well, when humans first started to communicate, that was what bridged the gap between us being, you know, the primordial fucking sludge that climbed out of the ocean or the lake or the sea or whatever to uh, becoming rational people. We could communicate. Drawings in caves, petroglyphs. The Gutenberg Press, you know. So, if you don't have communications in language, then you got shit. And within your group that uses the same language, if you can't communicate with them because you're being shut down, then conversation ceases. Now, that doesn't mean that people have given up. You know, when my wife says that, that doesn't mean she won. And I, I now agree with her. It just means I'm not going to waste my fucking time talking to her about it. And, and when she goes, why? It'll be for the same reason she doesn't want to talk to me about it. Because I don't care. She overcares. So there's no middle ground. And, and, and then when we're trying to talk about other things that do not affect our life other than we think they do, we can't communicate. It becomes an argument. And it could be fucking about politics. I mean, I, I don't know if a lot of you prepper guys out there have uh, prepper wives or prepper gals that are politically charged and motivated, but it, the same thing happens. It's like, well, I, I think this guy, you know, the politician, it's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, because you don't care. Oh, I don't care. Okay, so... And, and, and see, no matter how you defend your wife's honor, and you will figure this out in life if you're younger, you're going to get attacked by her for doing that. You know, why are you always getting in a fight? Oh, so then you just sit back at some drunks, you know, fucking saying kind of rude shit about maybe your wife because it's across the bar. But, you know, you've noticed he's looking at your wife and this and you don't say nothing, and then you get home, and she's like, that guy was really offensive. Why didn't you protect my honor? It's like, because protecting your honor would have required me to go beat that fucker down. And then you would have got mad at me for defending your honor in the way in which I did it, because the way in which I did it is never going to be the way you thought I should handle it. Like, I maybe needed to have a debate with the fucking drunk piece of shit. So, that is... How it is in life. You know, there's opposition in all things. God said so. It's not me making this shit up. That's why Satan's down here. Just to fucking stir the pot. You know, like in science class, I don't know, maybe you kids, younger people, don't have science classes anymore because, God forbid, you learn something. But, you know, you had the beaker and then you'd pour some liquid in it and you'd set it on this thing and you'd drop a little thing in there. It looked like a little, you know, capsule. And it was like a magnet, and it would just spin. And it would stir that beaker. And you just set it on this thing that would make it spin. It was like a, a fucking spinning magnet or whatever. I don't know how it worked. 
I wish I had one for my iced tea when I'm at a restaurant because then I could just drop that thing in there, set it down, and let it spin, and not go clank, 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 and everybody's like, dude, stop stirring your tea. It's like, hey, fuck, there's sugar still at the bottom. So that would be a great invention if anyone wants to do it. But from what I hear, millennials don't eat out all that much anymore because they're fucking Fruit Loops. So this is where we're at in society. We've always been shut down, marginalized, censored. It's not new. Trust me. You know, I mean, you look at North Korea, you know, Kim Young whatever the fuck his name is that Trump met with, his father was a Fruit Loop. And his father would tell the press in North Korea that when he was in America, he played golf. And he hit a hole-in-one every time. His score was 18. And everybody in his country went, wow. Not because they believed it, because they didn't understand golf anyway. So they just thought, well, that's, that's cool. I bet, you know, everyone in America does that. See, so they're, they're stupid, for one. But they're so brainwashed because they have been shut down in their talking, their communications. They only say what they're told to say, like in America, you know. So they, they all believed him. Now, you know, he wouldn't say that. I mean, it would leak out. And then somebody in America would go, that silly motherfucker didn't even know how to hold his golf club. What the fuck? But, you know, that would never get back to his people. So it was never became a story. We would all laugh about it. But his people never heard that. He sang karaoke one time. And the critics that were from America said that his voice was better than Elvis Presley. And his, the way he sang brought a tear to their eye. Now, he never told us that, and the critics never said that because they weren't in the room at the time anyway, but his people believed it. And, and now you see that happening in America. You know, it's, it's doublespeak, newspeak, whatever you want to call it. You know, you don't know what I'm talking about. Read Orwell's 1984, whatever fucking year it was that he wrote about. And, and they will tell you what words mean. And, and then if they don't like it, they will change the meaning of that word. Whereas, you know, to get spooked was it's funny. It's like, ooh, spook me. Uh, now it's, it's a derogatory term for black people. It's like, what? The word spook probably goes back, you know, to the fucking days before America existed. You know, probably some... You know, if you looked up the etymology, you know, spooks were ghosts. If you dressed with a white sheet oh, for Halloween, you were a spook. But that became derogatory because spooks, white sheets, little holes became the KKK. So then therefore the spook was black. And therefore now over uh, probably 100 years or maybe maybe just 60 years, I don't know. The word spook has become a different meaning. And if you use it in a sentence for the proper meaning in school, you will be, you know, abolished probably and sanctioned, censured. You know, so we don't communicate. And I guess that's the kind of the thing. I guess I can take this fucked up attitude I got and turn it into some kind of, you know, podcast. Because 
I, you know, I, I noticed like in marriage, you know, there's problems and, and, and there always has been. My, my parents fought constantly and they, they couldn't communicate. My, my real dad and mom divorced because, you know, she was probably more of a control freak and he just, you know, his hobby was, you know, uh, not HO trains, but the N-gauge trains, you know, and we had a kind of like we owned a triplex next door that nobody rented. It was not fixed up. So dad turned it into this ginormous train thing where it went from room to room and there were mountains and, you know, the tracks had like they used coffee grinds to make it look like gravel and stuff. And you know, it's quite an elaborate setup. I mean, <laughs> nowadays that would be the basement for people with all their Star Wars shit and stuff. You know, that was his hobby. And they always fought about that because, you know, he wasn't the kind of person, kind of like me, to sit there and go, hey, fuck you, mind your own business. This is my hobby. Would you rather I became like fucking Manson and went out and killed people in my, my spare time? Like Dexter? You know, but no, you know, you know, women, unfortunately, have to spend 20 years changing the man they married into the man they can't stand and then divorcing him because he's not the man they married. You know, and then, you know, it's just like, if you insist, I'm just telling this to the young people that are listening. If you're going to have a baby, I mean, you, the woman, the wife, the mother of the child, in spite of all of the, the, the 50 genders, and you insist that your husband be in there to watch that happen to you and the most sacred part of your body to him, you will kill your love life from then on. Let him sit in the waiting room, talking to his buddies, exchanging cigars, and and then go, look at your baby. And he can think they pulled it out of your butt, for all that matters. But he doesn't need to see that. And and see, so we've become so touchy-feely with our fucking emotions. And, and one of my gal pals one time back in the 90s, uh, I guess, early 2000s, 20, 20, yeah, 2002 or three. You know, they were like, Mark, you need to get in touch with your feminine side. And I, and I laughed. I said, you know, if I could find my feminine side, I wouldn't leave my bedroom. And that was disgusting to them. And they were like, don't talk to Mark about touchy-feely shit because he will turn it into a joke and really piss you off. And it's like, but I'm serious. You know, it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, I'm not into my feelings. I don't, I look at my feelings. I don't share them with other people. I spend hours a day in my head figuring out why the fuck I'm so pissed off. Why the fuck I'm so happy. Why did this happen? Why did I screw up? Why didn't I invest in Microsoft when I had the money and it was a fledgling company? Don't fucking know. And I don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to cry about it. I don't sit there and go boo-hoo. So, you know, women, you know, if, if, if you have a new relationship or marriage, you know, just let the guy be the guy. You know, guys like guns. Guys like to tell fart jokes. And, and they like to hang out with their buddies and, and, and go hunting and talk about the dumbest fucking shit to women 
that ever existed. And women want to get together and do whatever women nowadays do because, you know, my mom's generation and the women I knew would like to get together and, you know, play bridge and teetotal and do whatever the fuck. And, and, you know, and then the gal pals I knew growing up, they were a different generation. So, But they, you know, they like to sit around with their friends and drink and talk disgusting, nasty shit. I mean, women are way worse than guys when it comes to talking about sex and and the guys they've been with, you know, so. But there is a division of that. And and I'm not saying that these cultures where, you know, women are just like, you know, it's like, woman, could you leave the room? Or like after dinner back in the, you know, the 40s and even the 20s, you know, they, they had gentlemen's clubs. Like women weren't allowed. You know, if you were at a house for dinner with a bunch of people back in the 20s, uh, the women picked up all the dishes and fucking left while the men sat around and drank bourbon and smoked a cigar. And the, the woman never came out and said, could you smoke that shit outside? Because all the men would look at the guy at the house and go, dude, is that your wife? Um, you need to talk to her about whose house this is. And was it chauvinistic? Yeah. But, you know, there is a fine line in there to where things could still be kept man's world, woman's world without being a, a misogynist prick, you know. I mean, I always helped my wife do dishes, you know, when I was married the first time because, you know, I worked all day and she worked all day. And then when I came home, it was like, Let's, it's time to set the fuck down and relax. And so I would help her to where we could sit down and relax after the kids went to bed. Because I look at work differently. There's not an allocation of work based on sex or pay. It's just fucking work. It all sucks. And if it needs done, uh, I'm going to step in and do it. So there's, that, there's a fine line there to where, you know, guys can treat their wife with respect. And if she's treating him with respect, there should be none of this chauvinistic bullshit. You know, but if, you know, if, if the woman says, hey, you know, we just spent a hundred grand remodeling our house. And remember, it smelled like, you know, smoke, cigarette smoke in here when we bought the place and we were both offended by it. Could you smoke outside or have a man cave or a room that you can smoke in with your friends? Because we don't have big dinner gatherings anymore like back in the day where... You know, 30 people sat around the table and had conversations. Well, Bob, how was Africa? It's like, great, I killed a lion. And all the women would like, why would you kill a lion? It's like, it's the man thing to do. And all the men would laugh and all the women would go, oh. and, you know, and then the women would retreat and the men would smoke cigars and talk more about hunting than politics. And women didn't. Well, you know, we're not that way anymore. So you can have respect for your wife. And, you know, and if she said, could you please... You know, refrain from telling filthy, disgusting jokes around the children. It's it's a different day and age where the women and the children aren't out of the room when men talk. You know? So it's like, well, now that we've changed, and I kind of agree with the change. I don't want, you know, the women and, 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 the, and the children out of the room. I, I kind of get a kick out of, out of that. Yeah, I'll, 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 you know, I'll ask my friends not to swear, you know, as much. I mean, it's going to happen. Kids are going to learn it, learn it at school or learn it here. So it's, it's always a juggling thing, act. And, and, you know, so 
there's no juggling when, when somebody you're talking to shuts down the conversation and then there's no dissent, there's no debate. There's just off and on. It's like, and, and to me, you know, coming from uh, many failed marriages and my mother's many failed marriages and, and all the girls that I've known and stuff, when somebody tells me, and even if it's even if it's a a guy in a conversation, you know, gets this holier than thou attitude. It's like you don't know what you're talking about. You, that's blasphemy. You're going to go to hell. I just go, oh, all right, and, and then I change the conversation or I stop talking to him. It's like fuck you then, you know, because that person is incapable of having a, a conversation. You know, they're, they're, the, they're the bottom of the barrel when it comes to communications, in my opinion. And so when, when my wife does that, I can't say, you're at the bottom of the barrel. You're dead to me, woman, because I love her. So I have to deal with that. And unfortunately, the only way you can deal with that in a relationship is to talk about it. But as we just discussed, you're not going to talk about it. So you, you, it, it eats at you. And, 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 and I'm sure women have the same feelings, you know, that the man will shut them down. And because they love him, they're going to deal with that. And it eats at them. And then when people go, wow, all of a sudden, they just divorced. Who saw that coming? Well, they did. No one else did, but they did. And we don't see that we're doing that. If, if, if you're one of those men that, you know, is just so dominant, alpha, dickweed that your kids can't talk to you about you know working on the brakes because you you told them that once before i mean could you imagine jesus on the sermon on the mount or whatever and somebody goes well what about you know loving thy neighbor i told you they fucking carved it into rocks you dick you know well could you repeat it Ugh, whatever you're wasting my time and all these people out here wanting words of wisdom and you're wasting my time for something I already said. I, I, I think the Christian church would be non-existent. And, and so, guys, you're that way. Women, you're that way. And you, you, the only person that's going to help you fix it, in spite of all the stupid self-help books and shit, is you. You know, there's, it's, it's just, you need, to, you need to sit there and go, well, you know, I, I, I was talking to old Bob there about, something that was really kind of important to me and, and then he said something and and then I, I i responded maybe harshly i don't know because i'm a saint but he just shut down and walked out that was the trigger point that you should look at whether it was your wife or your kid or your husband there was a trigger point there and if you can rewind it to the last two sentences out of your mouth and his mouth you sit there and go, oh, actually, you know, if one of my friends has said that to me that harshly, I don't think I would talk to her anymore. What a bitch I have become. So we can, we can fix our lives. And that's what, you know, it's always been said, you know, put your house in order. And, and, and then, you know, you can figure out other shit, you know, once... Your house is in order. And, and, and no one's going to do it for you. And, and it's just like, we're, you know, when I was talking about politics, this is us. 
Every problem we have in life, we created. I mean, there were people along the way that fucking helped, for sure. But we created it. And so politics, the, 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 the fucking disaster we see is our doing. If your marriage is on the rocks, um, pretty much our fault. And in fact, if someone cheated on you, yeah, yeah, they didn't trip over the coffee table and land on her and stick with her. You know, that's a bullshit excuse. But did you push him away? Did you push her away? You know, your kids don't like you anymore. And when they're in high school, they don't even want to talk to you about what car to drive because fuck you. I don't care about your opinion, dad. Every time I've tried to learn how to even change a tire, you were degrading and talked down to me. You take all your experience and shove it up your ass. And the same could be said to the mothers. You know, yeah, I tried to learn how to bake pie. But you were so busy yakking with all your friends and stuff. And then when I screwed up, you know, you just said, oh, don't worry about it. Go run along and play and dismiss me. When I was really enjoying being with you and your friends and, and being a gal in this circle. So you did it, you know. You pushed your husband away. And after years of not being able to help with anything or talk to you about anything, because it's like, well, you don't care. Why would I talk to you about it? Why You don't know how to fold laundry. Let me do it. You know, and years of you said, you know, honey, you don't understand. It's complicated. My job's way harder than yours. Well, then, you know, someone's going to cheat. Someone's going to snap. It's going to break. They're going to get up. Fuck you. I'm going to bang this guy. He's nice to me. I know he doesn't even give a shit about me. But he's kind of handsome and studly and did laugh at some of my stupid jokes. That's a one-night stand. And so, you know, the excuse is, well, honey. That could be honey wife or honey husband. It meant nothing to me. It was just sex. It's actually a, a true statement. It was like, that's just so sick of your shit. I just fucked this person. I don't even know. Met him at the park. The dog park. Went in the bathroom and he just banged the shit out of me. It did really mean nothing. But who caused that? And so let's take it back to politics. Because that's what really bothers me in life. I mean, I can deal with my own personal shit. But the government is fucking the world up. And I have grandkids out there. And kids even. But they're they're old enough. They're making money and they're... You know, got their retirement almost figured out. So I have to worry about my grandkids. And this shithole mess that we've created comes from a lack of understanding the Constitution and how it works. Not how they fucked it all up to where now how it works. It's like, well, you know, I put bananas into the old standard transmission for so long that now the only way I can fix this, I can put more bananas in it. And for you younger people that don't understand that, stick shifts and, and standard transmission back in the day, ooh, yeah, there was so much play in there, you added fiber basically to kind of keep it together. And then you sold it, <laughs> which was fucked up. And so if, you know, we've, we've, we've allowed the Constitution to become a, a shit document. It was only a parchment barrier to keep us free and safe from the people we elected anyway. It was a fucking piece of paper. 
okay? It was a, it was a handshake agreement on paper. So it was like one level above a handshake. And, and we allowed it to get all fucked up. And, and now we continue to fuck it up. So my proposal is, before I get to work, I'm taking a long way around because I was almost there. Um, I, I was talking to this, uh, a, a priest or a pastor or whatever from one of the churches, and he goes, well, I can't meet you there to measure the, the, the job uh, on that day because I have Bible study. And I was thinking, you know, I've been to Bible studies. I kind of get it. And, and they'll take one or two verses or maybe part of a chapter and they'll have read it. And then they'll discuss the nuances and, and everything about that chapter or that, that page, you know, depending on how they run the Bible study. This year's Bible study might just be all on, you know, these 10 chapters of the book of whatever, fill in the blank. And I'm thinking, well, we need to do that with the Constitution, which is way smaller. So a constitutional study group could take, I mean, yeah, you could go to a class and, and learn shit, but there's only a few classes that would be worth learning because they're not taught by Satan teaching you about the Bible, which is what you know, learning the Constitution from the wrong group could be like. No, you could do it. This is how it was set up. See, it's, it was written to where the dumbasses like you and me could read it and understand it. They fucked it all up. Satan fucked it all up. So, and, and you know, like Satan took the two basic commandments, love your neighbor and love God, and turned it into the Bible, you know, just to confuse us, so. You look at the you look at the Constitution. It's it's the size of a small book in the Bible. The Constitution has three to four thousand words, depending on you know who counted, I guess, and which version. Because there's there's different versions to where stuff have been added. But it you know the exact count I'm sure is the exact count. I just can't remember thirty five hundred words. That's that's you know pretty fucking easy, really. I think the book of Genesis has 3,500 words in the first chapter. So <laughs> I'm not asking you to, you know, figure out string theory here. And, and get a group together and then maybe download the actual copy of all the uh, Federalist Papers and some of the diaries the Founding Fathers had. And then the Constitution, and you go, okay, we're going to take this first part of it and we're just going to like we the people blah 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 that's the preamble I guess or maybe it's stickers see I'm, I'm, I don't even remember I can't quote scripture either and I've read a lot of that shit but anyway um, and just go what's that mean and then kind of get a basic group understanding and then move on to like section one article one da -da -da, and, and go okay you know let's just take second amendment for because that's fresh on everyone's mind. It states this way. What does that mean? And then, then maybe have a, a, a brainstorming session for the first meeting or half hour or whatever. And everyone's like, well, people have said the comma and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And then, then, you, then you, you'd probably have to read the entire amendment and, and a lot of the stuff on it to get it codified to where you actually had a, a big understanding and then you could start reading the, the Federalist Papers and go, 
Well, in the Federalist Papers, it's kind of both sides of the argument to a point, but it's what they were thinking back then. So it's kind of like a time capsule. And then you could you could figure it out. What did they mean by that? Not what they, you've been told to, what it meant. What does unalienable right mean legally and constitutionally? Not, you know, like illegal aliens, you know. That's, that's the wordsmithing thing they'll try to jack you around on. So have constitutional study groups. You know, just get together with your friends once a week. You know, maybe after Sunday, because you're already in the study mode. And, and have your friends come together, you know, that maybe that all go to the same church as you and go, hey, it's constitutional study day. We're going to be uh, talking about the the blah, 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 section, whatever. And what some of the Supreme Courts ruled about it and how wrong that was. And don't get into the minutia and stare decisis and case law and all that. Just what did the founders, when they wrote that and they signed it, put their neck on the line and were hung for treason, many of them. What did they mean by they support this document with their 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 lives, their fortune, their sacred honor? What did those words mean when they said, if you have to kill me, then fucking kill me because I'm not changing my mind on this. And start studying the Constitution so when you read the news, like one of the articles I read this morning about something, and, and everyone's blaming Biden, which Biden is a fuck-up, but, you know, that's like blaming the landscaper on your, on your, you know, let's say in your apartment complex <coughs> because your apartment's dirty on the inside. The president doesn't deal with that stuff. And if you knew it, then you'd sit there and go, I'm not even going to get involved into this conversation. You know, I need to teach my neighbors how to, how to vote because this is a mess. Now, at least you would have the understanding the basic understanding of what's going wrong in America. I just straighten that out. <coughs> it's not going to change anything any more than having Bible study groups for the last 70 years since you've been 10, you know, or whatever, has really changed religion and righteousness in America. It just helps you understand when you have to make a decision because in the coming times, which are soon upon us, you're going to have to make life or death decisions. If there's a shit hit the fan moment, if Tiatwaki happens, which is the end of the world as we knew it, or you knew it, and everything starts to just fall apart, and, and all your preps have to be pulled out of storage, and you're like, holy shit, this is it. You know, people aren't working. People are rioting. And this is not temporary, like in Baltimore you know, years ago. This is for real. This is happening right now. You're going to have to make decisions. And most of those decisions, even though they are completely constitutional, you have a right to own a gun, and you live in a state where they say you don't, you better have a gun. Just the same as you would face the tyranny and the slings and arrows of living a righteous life when people go, what do you mean you go to church on Sunday? What's wrong with you? It's like a shield. You can, you can deflect that and go, I know, whatever. And the same thing with 
with the Constitution and your and your rights. You know, if your friends are like, "What? You got a gun?" Don't tell them. Don't cast your pearls before the swine, whether it's religious beliefs or constitutional beliefs. But you're going to have to make decisions. And I talked about this in the some of my podcasts on violence and the philosophy of violence. If you don't watch what you're doing, you, you're going to be just like the Bible. You'll be tempted and you might fall down and, and cheat on your wife or something or do something wrong in God's eyes. Well, you might be stomping around in your bug out and come across somebody that's starving to death and, and his children are starving and one of them just died and now he's going to take your shit. And you have to be able to, to not only defend it based on your constitutional beliefs that you own a gun and you have a right to self-defense, but your moral beliefs is like, this guy is not going to take my family's food because that won't be enough. He will kill me and then take everything. And then he will probably rape my wife and take his my children to be his because his all died of starvation because he was a dumbass. Are you going to pull the trigger? I know a lot of fucking uppity bravado self-righteous men and even women out there go yeah i i would kill i would believe the women but the guy he's going to hesitate and that hesitation will be because he hasn't studied religion and the constitution to know that he has the moral right to do that and that hesitation will get him killed and his wife raped and his children abducted and sold into slavery or wherever we're at in the world when this shit happens. So I, I propose, you know, constitutional study groups. And if you want to have them on Sunday when you, you know, when everyone's kind of together and kind of low key, because still in, in, in chaotic America, Sundays are a little bit more left alone to where you could probably convince your wife, you know, now that she's in her Sunday dress and all that, she's not really got a list of honeydews for you. I mean, mine does because we don't go to church on Sunday. So Sunday's just another Monday to her. <clears throat> but, and that's fine with me because I'm a workaholic. So, you know, I, I enjoy the getting the cattle prod in the ass to get something finished because now shit's finished. But, you know, maybe on a Sunday you come home from church, the family's together, you talk to a few of your friends and go, hey, you know, come over to my house this week. And we got refreshments at, at three o'clock or whenever, you know, and, uh, you know, the kids are going to have some games down in the basement or whatever. And then we're going to we're going to do a little reading and studying of the Constitution. The older kids can join in. All the kids can join in. All the wives can join in. Crying babies are like good intentions. They need to be carried out. That's my belief. So then, you know, start studying studying the, the Constitution. Because we've all read the Bible so many times and heard, I mean, I, the radio station here plays a, a spiritual moment, you know, by one of the churches that talks about, I mean, I, I, I hear it every day. But what I don't hear is, is a, a constitutional moment by Thomas Sowell or a quote from Benjamin Franklin and a little talk on it like these pastors do. You know, and God said, blah, blah, blah. Did you know that if you lived your life this way, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we need we need to do that. We need, and, and, and I'm not just saying this because I think it's important. I'm saying it because you should think it's important. Because if you look at the world in which we live right now, 
and you really kind of look at it as not just a pessimist, but a, a, as a as a thinker. Things are coming to an end. Even if you factor in revelations and the Bible and, and, and some of the prophecies that you can literally put your finger on. Like I heard a, a thing on when Glenn Beck was on CNN, actually, he had talked to one of the rabbis that was like, you know, the counsel to Netanyahu or something. He knew the Torah in and out. And uh, he was saying, well, there are things that you can literally point to that aren't just abstract, like Israel becoming a state or whatever they call it is in the Bible. When Russia has an alliance with, you know, this country in the Bible, which is now Pakistan and, and Syria and all that, it's like these were talked about in Revelations that these things had to happen first. And he goes, now you can literally check them off a list because they're happening and end times are coming quicker and quicker quicker and so we still don't know that the hour but we can sit there and go well it's like waking up in the middle of the night and then you kind of glance over at the clock and you know the alarm clock's gonna go off but you sit there and go oh thank god i can get up i can go to the bathroom because i drank too much tea or coffee or water before i went to bed and uh i it's, it's only two o'clock i can i can sleep for three four more hours but now, if you wake up and you look at the clock and your alarm's set for six, let's just say, and it's 5.45, well, now you're like, I, I, I can't even go back to sleep. It's just, fuck, I might as well get up. That's where we're at. You know, we, we can glance at the clock all we want, and we don't know the hour the alarm is set for, because Jesus made that clear, and God. But we, we know that it's, the hour hand is getting closer because of these signs and prophecies that can now be actually looked at and go, check, check. You know, they're not abstract like the king of the north and the king of the south. And, oh, Barack Obama was from, you know, Kenya legally, and that's south. And then, you know, you know, and, and then Putin, he was from the north because Russia's in the north. It's like, okay, so where Obama was born, not where he lives, and where Putin lives is the king of the north and the king of the south. It's like horseshit. Might be true, might not, but it's it's vague, it's abstract. But when you can sit there and go, and Israel becomes a state and free, and all the people are no longer trying to kill him for the, the first time in history, check. And then Israel started getting, you know, attacked, and then there was a war that lasted nearly a fortnight or a day or whatever, and check, you know. So the Bible has some really key things in there, and then it has like, and then the seventh seal was opened, and there was a loud noise from the sky. It's like, the fuck does that mean? A jet flew over my house? So we know as thinkers no matter your religious belief, no matter which book of Revelations you're reading, no matter how you look at it, as a thinker, you can say, all religions are sad. Uh, these three have been checked off the list. We're on a Saturday night and tomorrow is Sunday. And we don't know if the alarm goes off at midnight Sunday morning. Click. 
or if Sunday starts from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Monday, as we don't know. We're speculating. So there's a window, and you can see it, you know, closing or opening or whatever. And, and so, therefore, I think having your religious beliefs figured out to where you know how to act, when to turn right, when to turn left. And, and so you can do it knowing that you didn't upset your God, no matter your religion. Then that's, that's a good starting point. All the other fluff and bullshit is just fluff and bullshit. And then you have to know the Constitution and know that if you get into a pissing match that leads to blood because some agent was going to take your gun and you shoot that fucker and you end up rotting in prison, you know you did the right thing just like being thrown into the, with the lions. It's like, did the right thing, didn't back down. And he did that because he had a faith and a knowledge of what was right and expected of him. And that's where we're at. And you need to know this stuff. You can't capitulate like our politicians do and go, well, I, I know abortion's wrong, but study groups say it doesn't really matter. And there's a fucking shit ton of money if I vote that way and I can pay off my yacht. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that can stand on principle. You don't have to be an asshole about it. But you can sit there and go, I had to do that. And if you have good friends and family around you, they'll go, we know you did. And we're going we're gonna to try to you know, pay for your legal defense. And, and if you go to jail, we're going to take care of your family. But you've been thrown in with the lion's den. And, and what you did was right. Then that's different. It sucks. I'm not saying it didn't suck for you know, them to be in the, thrown in with the lion's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or whoever those guys were, and David, or whoever. There were a lot of them thrown in with the lions back in the day. And, and, and you can't tell me that Jesus doing the right thing did not suck. And that crown of thorns just hurt, I'm sure. You know, and being whipped with that thing, with the things and stuff. I mean, you watch the, you know, Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, you know, as far as a graphic representation what he went through for you and I it sucked so if you end up doing the right thing because you had to not because you wanted to and you went out and shot some federal agent because he was fucking with your neighbor that's bullshit but if you have to defend your family against federal agents or law enforcement or just your dumbass fucking neighbor and you end up being thrown into the lion's den then you at least know that you did the right thing. So that's why I say we must start these constitutional study groups because that is the most important things in life, religion and politics. And when I say politics, I mean the Constitution. And when I say religion, I mean that's your personal relationship with God, not all the books and crap. So I think I've rambled on and beat this dead horse just quite enough. So I'm going to go into work, uh, heat up my breakfast burrito from yesterday, and uh, fucking do something productive. So I love you all, and, and I hope you take this to heart. And uh, I, I know I talked on a lot of subjects, you know, from politics to family matters and 
and marital advice to everything. But it, it all has to do with communications and, and, and knowledge and what you do with that communications and how you respond to that communication. So, you know, wives and husbands, learn to communicate again, even if you have to sit down and fucking force yourself to do it over a shot of bourbon or whatever. You need to you need to save your, your marriage if it matters to you. You need to save your relationship with your children by either not being an asshole or being more involved in their life and showing them that you love them unconditionally and doing the best you can. And, and then if they go astray, just like God and Jesus, then you're like, well, I, I, I did all I could do. And I'm still there for them. You know, and, and then the politics, our country's falling apart. And we're not going to save it. it it's, we're not going to save it. It's like a collapsing building. You just can't get enough people under it to hold it up. It's just stand back. But you need to know that when it collapses, work, there's work to be done. And you need to be away from the collapse so you don't choke to death on all the dust, wear a fucking respirator, and and go back to work. So that's where America is. I hate to say it because I love America. I hate our government. And it's going to collapse. And, and, and there's not going to be a prepper group like in the book Patriots by James Wesley Rawls that's going to save it. When it collapses, it'll be a thousand years or more before it ever even comes close to that again. And, and that's why I think these are end times, because Jesus says, well, we're not going to waste a thousand years. It's over. Time to burn the cinder out in space and start over with a new group or whatever he does. But he will end it. Maybe he will rebuild it, and then there'll be the meek will inherit earth or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't in the planning meeting. So be ready and, and, and take it to heart. I know I ramble a lot, and I talk about stupid shit. But it might be right. So enjoy. Uh, what are we going to call it today? Yeah. The last chapter of the book of Revelations. Love you all. Bye-bye. We made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space. And we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.